This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me this week, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. Uh, Jonathan Hood on assignment this week. And we've reached that time of year, let's be honest. Like yeah. right, November, December, people are going to be taking some time <laughs> off. So we might not be skating at full strength at all times, but that doesn't matter. We got to keep rolling because the world of professional wrestling keeps rolling. Like this weekend, we have Crown Jewel, the second Saudi show of the year for WWE. And to their credit, Brian, they have elevated these. I mean, the, mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia is where Seth Rollins won the World Heavyweight Championship earlier this year. So he's held on that championship, and now they have, out of the seven matches, eight total, there's one on the pre-show, but of the seven matches on the main card, five of them are championship matches. So whereas this used to be a host show where we got, you know, the Brothers of Destruction versus DX, they've actually made this make more sense in the world of WWE storytelling. Right, that's what I was going to add, like – it's not really skippable anymore. Like I saw this week was the anniversary of that tag match. You mentioned that night also is when Shane beat Dolph to win that world cup thing where it was oh, where he could be, be like the best Miz. in the world. Sure. Yeah. Best in the world. He's like, Hey, I'm in it now. And of course, because it's Shane and Dolph being a jobber, like that's what they did because that's what WWE does. Like those were skippable shows. You have the long, the greatest Royal rumble or whatever, but yeah, now this feels like a legit pay-per-view in the middle of the day on Saturday, one o'clock Eastern start this weekend. Yeah, so you don't have to stay up late, which is nice. Right. You know, maybe you're skipping a college football game or two. But with those five championship matches, where we begin the show today, rank them the five championship matches in order from most likely to change hands to least likely to change right, hands at Crown Jewel. Why don't we start just with the top, like the most likely? Both give our picks there. For me, it's an easy one. It's also probably the only one we're going to see on Saturday. I think it's the U.S. title. I think Logan Paul is coming back with championship gold, and then WWE will have to figure out, which I don't think they care, how they deal with another part-time champion on that show. Because Logan Paul is not going to appear in every week, but hey, he'll be your United States champion. So that's that's where I have a problem with this, and I agree with you. It's Logan Paul versus Rey Mysterio. Like Logan Paul is going to walk away as the U.S. champion, which... Again, I get from a promotional standpoint. However, the one thing that they've done a good job of in the Roman Reigns era, with him being the part-time champion, floating in and out, and before they created the World Heavyweight Championship, and really for that year-ish that they were without and just had the one champion for the both for both shows, was they did a great job. We see Gunther. You know, and that that U.S. title, you know, at the time it was Austin Theory, now it's Rey Mysterio, but they've elevated those secondary titles. So when the Intercontinental Championship was on SmackDown, like it was really elevated, like it was very heavily featured. And Gunther was almost like the champion of the show when, when, you know, uh, Roman Reigns wasn't around. So now having two part-time champions... Like, I guess you can get away with it if you figure out over the next couple of months or who knows how long Logan Paul holds on to the U.S. title. But it doesn't seem like Roman's going to be at Survivor Series. I don't believe right. he's currently advertised for Survivor Series, which is dying a slow death somehow, despite <laughs> yeah. being one of the pillar pay-per-views for WWE. So if you can stagger so at least you have either Logan Paul or Roman Reigns on any given show, I think you can get away with it. But it's troublesome to me that you would have your two titles, the two main, you know, the two titles absent on that right. show. So basically all you would have is your women's champion in EO Sky, who is still kind of an afterthought almost in her own group because Bailey is the leader of of her group. So yeah, it's, I, it, it's interesting. 
you also don't really have tag champs because they still haven't re-split those titles. So Judgment Day sort of bounces back and forth. They're sort of there sporadically, and we know how they book tag team wrestling. So you essentially would have a two-hour show with no champions. Like, one belt, like you said, the women's title, which feels secondary in their own group. Like, like all right, come watch to see something happen, but no one's actually chasing anything. Yeah. So it, that, that, that part is wildly interesting to me. But, it's, I mean, Logan Paul, this is going to be a fun match. Sure. But Logan Paul, Logan Paul's going over. I, I, yeah. I have a hard time seeing Rey Mysterio beating Logan Paul the way that they've built this up. I completely agree. My number two, I'm going WWE women's title. I think EO could possibly drop it to Bianca. We know what a star they see in Bianca, the way they elevate her. I don't think she wins this week, and you find a way to you know push her into a different feud. But because of the way they've been booking EO where she's over, and they sort of seem timid about pushing her, like I could see them saying, like, oh, well, she doesn't really need the belt. Like Maybe Bailey accidentally cost her or something. Yeah, I, I so I went back and forth, and I decided I landed on Drew versus Seth. I like the story they've told here, and it just at some point Seth has to drop that championship. <laughs> um, a, a he doesn't need a B. I, I just think having these two long reigns of Roman and Seth, and if they're not going to be facing off against one one another, plus the way they've dropped kind of some subtle hints over the last couple of weeks, um, like two weeks ago on raw when, when Bianca, or excuse me, when um, Rhea Ripley comes up to, you know, Seth and she's doing the recruiting and right. she, you know, he's, Oh, I, I want to be nothing like Roman reigns. You know, they, they keep talking about Roman. Seth could be a sneaky challenger and Seth could be a sneaky goes over Roman reigns at WrestleMania instead of Cody. So I, so I firmly believe Seth has to drop this championship at some point. It would make sense with the way they've done this drew McIntyre storytelling. I still don't think it's likely. I just think it's more likely than everything else on the card. You give WWE too much credit because the most likely I feel like is going to be Seth wins the rumble. He still has this belt. It's him versus Roman at mania and they unify these belts and then Roman wins. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Still certainly possible. All right. <laughs> I, I like to give a little bit more better for the doubt to Hunter, depending upon the day, um, yeah. especially with Vince more removed. I think they're doing things that make more sense, but also in the realm of possibility, <laughs> what you just pitched. Yes. So Vince I reportedly EO- will be in Saudi Arabia this weekend. Uh, him and Ari Emanuel reportedly will be there. So yeah, who knows again, what happens? Not, not, not shocking that the, <laughs> the runners of the company, you know, are going to be there for a pay-per-view that makes the company as much money as it does, <laughs> right? Not, not shocking that those guys are going to be there. So w- along that line, I, I, EO and Bianca was close behind it. I still yeah. see EO coming out on top because I like the fact that they're building her. I like the fact that she's got wins. And again, are they clean wins? No, because right. you, you have, you know, um, Bailey, who's, who's kind of constantly around as well and helped her against Charlotte. But I like that EO is building up these wins with wins over Oscar, over Charlotte, over Bianca, over these strong contenders. And yeah, you're going to have to figure out, you know, who's eventually going to go over EO anyway. But I like the fact that they're building EO up because other than Bianca, they haven't really built up anybody else outside the four horsewomen right. for legitimate long style runs. Obviously, I mean, multiple time champion Alexa Bliss, who's not around right now, as she's pregnant. And you know, so outside of those four horsewomen, one of which is no longer even with the company, they haven't they haven't put long term stock into in terms of credible championship threats. So I think EO versus Bianca, I think EO coming out on top because Bianca's had that long championship reign will do wonders for EO. So I, I 
I don't think there's a chance Rhea or Roman are dropping. So like right. that's the that was the line of thinking in terms of ranking two and three for me. Yeah, so my three is the other women's match. And I think to your point about how they've sort of struggled through the years of booking outside of the horsewomen, we have a women's title match that has five women in it, and none of them are horsewomen. Like, that is actually impressive from a WWE standpoint. Rhea Ripley is the star of Raw right now. Nia Jax, as much as, you know, there's negativity around her, they're building her into this monster. Shayna is hit or miss, but at least she's in the match. And Raquel and Zoe Stark, they're trying to elevate. They're trying to do things. We've praised Zoe and the way she looks so good coming out of that Trish feud and everything that, that was around with Becky. So the fact that they're able to pull this off is really impressive from a WWE standpoint. And I think you could justify having Rhea maybe drop it to where she's not even involved in the finish. And I mean, look, and they've done, I think, a really good job with four out of the five women in terms of sure. kind of giving them interesting. Whether or not you like Nia Jax, I think especially this time around, she's she just gets pro wrestling in yeah. terms of the mm-hmm. character development. Like, I do I think she's still unsafe in the ring and has hurt too many people? Yeah, probably. A little, little too many yeah. for my liking. But... <laughs> But again, I think she gets pro wrestling. And I think she's at least this time working around her, hearing her tell the story of how she kind of wanted to come back. And I can't remember who it was, encouraged her to just call Hunter. So she calls Triple H and he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And, you know, so they eventually get to the point where she does return. I think she's doing great things. Shayna obviously going over um, uh, Ronda Rousey and, and telling that story. Zoe being involved in the feud that she was with the two legends and. Raquel is still just kind of there. I guess she smiles, but is has an attitude now. Back muscles. Don't forget the back muscles. Yeah, oh, That's important. I, yes, yeah. yeah. But I feel like they've done a really good job where they've they've kind of dropped the ball in some of this women's storytelling in the past. And I mean, I I wouldn't mind Zoe or Nia, even Shayna potentially winning because I th- I can. I can see that happening, but Rhea's just too big of a star right now. Like you right. said, she's the star of Monday Night Raw. I guess you could throw a wrench into the whole Judgment Day thing if she doesn't have a championship, and then maybe you have Damian cash in while you're over there, and and you can make that whole, continue that power struggle, who's the actual leader, even though they say there's no leaders in the Judgment Day, you could do something like that, but Rhea's too big of a star for me to, to see her drop this right now. Yeah, I think there is something to that, like, if she doesn't have a belt, like, Nia pinning a Raquel or a Zoe, like, Rhea still looks strong, but then you still tell a story with judgment. Like, oh, you're the only one without a belt. Like, how are you the leader? How are you the one calling the shots here? I think there's something there. Yeah. And then clearly the longest of long shots is Roman versus LA Knight. I think I saw something. I can't remember what sports book it was, but it was like plus 900 for LA (laughs) Knight. Like it was very long shot for him. And it was almost like ten thousand. Like, it was something. It was something outrageous that you had to bet just to win a hundred dollars for Roman Reigns, who is not dropping the belt to LA Knights in Saudi Arabia. Well, so, so I'll throw it back at you because of the way Ivan feels. Like, are you into this feud because of how sort of for sure the result is on Saturday? <sighs> the problem that I'm starting to run into with the Roman Reigns title run is. There have been so many false finishes already. Like I've fallen for it too many times, right? Fell for the old banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. I, I let my emotions get the best of me with Sami Zayn in Montreal. I let my emotions get the best of me of Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. And now you're just kind of on your guard and you think there's just no way. I, I don't think you're as good of a character as LA Knight is. 
I don't think he's a good enough wrestler in ring to have those spots where I believe it's going to make me believe he actually has a chance to win. Right. And that's been hurting it for me. Like, to your point, by the way, about the odds, bet online, LA Knight plus 900, Roman minus 5,000 to win. Oh, minus 5,000. I I exaggerated. (laughs) I said 10,000. So for those who don't understand gambling odds, that means you would have to bet $5,000 on Roman Reigns in order to win $100. Right. So that's the thing, like, with Sammy, with Drew, with KO the second time around, like, we've been able to convince ourselves, like, all right, maybe. Like, those false finishes hit a little differently. We're like, all right, this might be it. They might actually do it. I don't have that feel at all with LA Knight right now. And I don't think it's because of him. I think it's because of storytelling and the way they've sort of been hesitant to build him up. But that's why, like, going into this match, like, there's no excitement of, like, ooh, this could be the one. Like, LA Knight at 3 o'clock Eastern on a Saturday overseas, like, that's not when this title runs ending. No, that that's not at all when this is ending. Like, I, I would like to still see beat Roman, or excuse me, LA Knight be on the short list of people sure. who could end it. But at the same time, it's going to take an army of people. It's going to be take people banding together to overcome the, the complete bloodline. And LA Knight's a lone wolf. He, he's just flying solo into this thing. I, I think they'll put on an entertaining show, but I just have a hard time imagining because even when we did this show, like I'm just thinking, I'm putting my mind back in February mm-hmm. when like I still gave Sammy just a 5% chance, sure. right? Or a 2% chance. Like <laughs> I'm at 0% chance of LA Knight winning this. So I just don't even, I, I don't think they can tap into that. Whereas again, Cody, I thought Cody was going to win. Like I was way over 5%, obviously for that. Like <laughs> Sammy Zayn, you know, 5% chance they're able to tap into that emotion and make me believe that Sammy was going to pull it off in Montreal and that crowd was so hot. And I just, is LA going to be over with the Saudi crowd the way he is here? I would assume so, but I have right. no idea. Like the Saudi crowd is just, it, it's, it's, it's different, right? And you don't know who's going to be over and who's not going to be over because you're only over there two times a year. And the way LA night is over, like, the title doesn't change anything for him. Like the catchphrases are over. The theme music's over. Like that's going to work whether he's the world champion or not. And that's why it almost feels odd seeing him interact with Roman and sort of having that edge where it's like, oh no, like I mean business here, but also I'm going to hit my catchphrases. Like it just feels off during this feud. Yeah. And and I think that's because we don't believe. I, I So I'm at a probably 90% chance that it ends at a WrestleMania, even yeah. though it doesn't have to, right? Like, but that's that's kind of where I'm at. When I think of some of the longer um, title runs, CM Punk had his end at a Royal Rumble when he right. lost to The Rock. But that um, I feel like was because they had to get Rock to Mania. Correct. Like, there were other things there. Yes. Yeah, there were other things. But I'm just thinking, like, long, some of the longer title runs we've seen haven't necessarily ended at Mania, but this has been so epic like it only feels like it can end at right. WrestleMania. So that's where maybe they aired in do you still have another year's worth of story to tell here when they didn't end it at this past WrestleMania? And maybe look, maybe it, it catches fire once again once we hit January and you just have a sprint of where we're really enjoying it again. But Roman's been gone too much and he doesn't have a Sami Zayn to ca- help carry the story in 2023 the way they did in 2022. Right, like, if anything, this storyline would have been better with him not having the belt because now, like, oh, you're not the tribal chief. Like, you couldn't retain the belt. There's something there. And you mentioned how Survivor Series are not putting any attention into. That could have been an awesome opportunity to tell other stories. Like, if they do, like they did in the past, where it's champ versus champ, SmackDown versus Raw, 
Imagine Seth beating Roman at Survivor Series. No title on the line, but just getting that win and adding to the Seth character and adding the doubt to the Roman character. There would be stuff you can do there, but we're just going to get nothing at this point. Yeah, and it kind of seemed like maybe they were going to do you know, that Raw versus SmackDown type thing, the way they, you know, announced Nick Aldis. And it seems right. to be a, a rivalry budding between him and Adam Pierce. But with no, with no Roman, like Survivor Series becomes ultimately skippable if they do Raw versus SmackDown because there's nothing actually on right. the line. Exactly. There's, there's no consequence to any of that. So that's what we're looking forward to. That's a little bit of the preview of Crown Jewel coming up Saturday. Again, 1 p.m. Eastern, if you're going to be watching that over on Peacock. But we have other things we want to dive to in the world of professional wrestling. We like to call it our three count. Brian, what do we have at number one? All right, we talk about champions. There's a couple uh, championship records being broken we've seen in the world of pro wrestling. MJF becoming the longest reigning AEW world champion after his win on Saturday. Over in the WWE, you mentioned him earlier, Gunther. He's currently the longest IC title champion of all time. Which title runs more impressive, Gunther or MJF? I lean a little towards Gunther for a couple of reasons. A, I mean, AEW is still a young company. So being the longest reigning AEW champ of all time, like, yeah, yes, he passed Kenny Omega's record, but you're still a company that's very much in its infancy where the IC title is, it's got a long history. It's mm-hmm. got a long, long history. So that's impressive that Gunther has done that, and he's the most. Plus, it just feels like Gunther has defended it more. Like, sure. Gunther's defending it, and, and MJF is defending it more now. But for a second there, at no point during Gunther's IC reign, when you see Gunther on TV, do you forget that he's the Intercontinental Champion? He makes sure that that IC Championship is front and center. During this MJF reign, at times... The AEW World Championship's been an afterthought. Sure. Not the case right now, but at times during the reign, it certainly has with some of the stuff he's done with Adam Cole. And while entertaining, the AEW World Championship has taken a backseat at times. And that, to me, cuts into this impressive title run by MJF. Well, to add to that point, the legit title belt isn't even with the champion right now. <laughs> yep. You got like, that as well. with someone else. Like That's what they're doing right now with that title. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you've got Switchblade Jay White running around with it. And I thought, I was really hoping last night on Dynamite somehow Max Caster would find a way to steal it back for MJF and really just earn that scissor he got from Max. But alas, it was not to be. He still got the scissor, which, he you know, good, good on Max, which, which was a great moment uh, last night on Dynamite. But the MJF run has been good because it's shown that he can take that next step. Like we've we've seen through the evolution of him his time in AEW, the potential, potential, potential. Okay, we're seeing, especially since Adam Cole got hurt, uh, right. an MJF that can carry and be that lead guy of a company. And if he has not signed a contract extension with AEW, and he truly is going to be a free agent in 2024, the work he's done over the last what six weeks since mm-hmm. Adam Cole got hurt, to me has shown that he is going to be worth even more money than maybe he would have had Adam Cole stayed healthy. Also, the all-in poster uh, August of next year does not have MJF on it. Just throwing that out there. Some other wrestlers. There's Tony Storm in black and white. No MJF in, in that promotional poster. So Interesting. Do what you want with that information. Interesting. So who's more impressive for you? I think it is Gunther because as good as MJF is right now, like 
this is awesome how they're making the world title feel like having all those guys there having the wardlow having the kenny stuff having the colt like there are so many moving parts right now like that's how the world title should be treated but we've talked a lot where the chase in aew is usually so much better than the actual title run like we saw with hangman we've seen it with mjf where it's like oh are they gonna do it they're gonna do it they do it and it's like oh all right now what so that to me has been just sort of the thing hurting it the most as good as it is right now with gunther He's taking a title that has not mattered in a long time in that company, and he makes it matter. And we talked about it last week to where I could see him being the one to beat Roman and you know elevating him that way. And they've built him for such a monster where going back to NXT UK, the guy doesn't lose ever. Like It's going to be special whenever he loses, and the way he's elevated all that, it's been fun to see that. And also the way he's made other stars, like Chad Gable doing what he's done in this yeah. feud. Bronson Reed getting that opportunity a few weeks ago. It has been damn impressive. Now, excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, oh big, I'm sorry. Big, big Bronson. Big. Thank you. Thank I you. forgot. Not to be confused yeah. with small Bronson Reed. No, no. That, a little little Bronson Reed. Right. Yeah, baby Bronson Reed. No, right. no, he is big Bronson Reed. Right. I just want to make sure everybody knows that he's big because otherwise people don't know. That's true. You don't see that when you see him. You have to know that his name is big. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy is pretty big. <laughs> so I understand. Sorry, Vince. But like, but even elevated that. That's impressive. And, and the way he was able to go out on Monday night against Miz, like Miz is one of the better talkers in WWE history, right? Like he's at the, that's how he survived in this 20 year run he's <laughs> had in WWE with Miz TV and all the other things that he can do and like hold his own against Miz going out there and telling you running down the Miz about how he doesn't respect him and how the ring is sacred and his talk shows a joke. Like it's just, it, it just, he continues to add layers and depth to the character. It just keeps on going. In terms of who's better right now, it's MJF and the story. Like like you said, all those things that are lining up in AEW, I love it. But if we're taking a step back and looking at a year plus for Gunther and almost a year for MJF, when you take the the entire into totality, then it's Gunther. If if you're just going to hotshot it and say over the last six weeks to two months, then it's MJF because the way that they have been treating that world title. This is this is what's made it. It's one of the more exciting world title runs they've had for any champion. I think the way that people are lining up because one of our major criticisms here on GKW, whether it's been WWE, AEW, okay, who's going to be an actual contender for this for these championships? You know, John Moxley can only do so much. He can only you know continue to be like the savior of the company when somebody falters as world champion so many times, and obviously Mox is. An instant contender anytime you decide right. he, he he is. It's kind of the same way with Seth and, and some of the other handful of guys in WWE. But, um, you know, I, I think that this is an impressive run for MJF because they're lining up contenders. And the, the other thing that I'm happy about in AEW is that the contenders they're lining up are big guys. Yeah. Like who have not really had much luck in the AEW brand. And now you have Big Bill as an AEW champion in the tag team division and you have Wardlow and Samoa Joe as contenders potentially for the AEW world championship as well. And you can also throw Hobbs in there sort of like he's in the mix, right? Oh yeah. So, I mean, they put a title on Brian cage last night. Like that was sort of surprising. See that ring of honor, uh, six man title change last night. Didn't expect that one. And that's the thing with MJF right now. Like all these guys we list, I'd feel confident any of those guys winning the belt starting from Jay white, possibly winning it in two weeks. Like, they have built Jay White into such a star. The guy does not lose. He pinned the champion last night on Dynamite. 
I could see him winning the belt in two weeks. But all I, these guys chasing could legit be title contenders. Yeah, because everybody's on their toes, right? Mm-hmm. Because because of the pending the pending free agency. Because there's just no way we can't we can't get to <laughs> World's End on the 30th of December with MJF as champ. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to think of a way. I saw people throw out like. Does Tony somehow have a, you know, his made up version of an elimination chamber? And you get all these guys on December 30th in a match like that where everyone's there. And imagine the heat of the heel beating MJF at Nassau and doing it that way. And that's MJF send off from AEW if he is leaving. Like that could be pretty legit heat from whoever ends up winning that belt that night. Yeah. Which again will, would, could lead to qualification matches and all these different things that would help you bridge the two month gap that you or less than that. It'll be a six week gap between, um, before between full gear and and then the end of that pay-per-view. What do we got at number two? All right. We saw MJF break that record with a win over Kenny Omega on a Saturday night on collision. The ratings, not quite what was expected at 472,000 actually down from the previous week was MJF versus Kenny wasted on Saturday night. Yes. Without a doubt. Yep. Like, there's just, there's no doubt about it. Like, but it's, and, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but it almost seemed like they realized that, for example, today on our show, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy here in Milwaukee, we had no idea it was Jordan Love's birthday. And then oh, I just okay. happened to see like a, it happened. Then we happened to see like a social media post from the Packers saying, Hey, happy birthday to Jordan love who turns 25 <laughs> today. Like, Oh, wow. so we like did an impromptu segment on it. Right. Like, Oh crap. We somehow missed that. Oh, but we can still do a segment about it. Sure. That's what it feels like <laughs> happened to AEW with, Oh, MJF is coming up on Kenny's. Ooh, Kenny should probably have a chance to like defend it. Shouldn't he? <laughs> well, when are we going to, I guess we got to do it on collision. Let's do it. And it just ends up getting thrown on collision, which was a fantastic match, by the yes. way. Like it was, it delivered in every way you could possibly hope that it was going to deliver, but it almost seemed like they hot shotted it because they forgot about it. And it's kind of the issue with AEW and only having and having the inconsistent pay-per-view schedule they have. I should say inconsistent because they're going to end up having 10 paper, eight pay-per-views. This year, it's going to be, it's a decent amount. You know, when yeah. you started at four and then you add the the Wrestle Dream and you add uh, All In and um, Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door, World's End. Well, so, yeah. so you, you know, you know, you're looking at eight, which is consistent enough, but you stacked a couple of them up against each other and you end up having these awkward gaps. And they, I think they need to be more consistent about scheduling those. Doesn't look like that's going to change with the announcement of all in yesterday. It's going to be once again, the week before all out, but I digress. So it just kind of seemed like they forgot about it and decided to throw it out there as a wrestling fan. I'm glad I'm, I'm happy. We sure. got the match and, you the thing is with that one you didn't need much storytelling behind it you just needed hey i'm one of the guys around here you're coming up on my record i want to stop you from getting my record that's really all the storytelling you needed like you so you could hot shot it if you wanted to the way they did it's just that's a match you would pay for yep. like that's a match that should have been main eventing all out and yep. instead it ends up main eventing a collision on a Saturday night in the middle of college football season. And the World Series also, which I know not a ton of people cared about, but that also was going on Saturday yeah. night. And to your point, it is such an easy story. And also AEW has the out of 
they'll brand some of their shows as you know special shows where it's like oh it's fashion the beach it's winter winter is coming coming. different things like that yeah they could have easily said hey you know this date is bash at the beach this year and it's the night mjf can break the record and kenny can say i'm not gonna let that happen if you're still champ that night me versus you for the title and then you also have the element of everyone chasing mjf like Oh, is he going to get there? Is Samoa Joe going to get him? Is Jay White going to get him? And at least there's a little bit of a story. This was three days build for a pay-per-view main event. And we've seen them do that with actual pay-per-views where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Moxley and Punk. Like, there's a title change, and now they're going to fight again this weekend. But, like, it did feel underwhelming. It was a hell of a match. Like, MJF showed a different side of him. Like, some of the stuff he was doing in the ring was like, all right, MJF, especially leaning into being a face now. But not having the build, like, that is can- – continues to be the biggest knock on AEW. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, this ended up to me being wasted. It kind of had the, that same feel of Goldberg versus Hogan, where sure. it should have been bigger. And look, they, WCW popped a huge number for Nitro that night. Right. And, right. And they sold out the Georgia dome. Like that didn't yeah. quite happen with this. No. And, but with the right build, but again, that's, that's part of the larger portion of the biggest issue AEW has right now is its own self-promotion. Right. Like they, they just operate in their own bubble and don't go very far outside of it to promote. Like they don't, they've been in Milwaukee every year. I don't know if they've run an advertisement once. Like (laughs) I was, so, and to compare that to WWE and I, I look, I understand WWE is more established. Sure. Probably have more money to spend on, on marketing budgets, that sort of thing, what have you. But WWE was here last week. In Milwaukee, Pfizer Forum. I already had emails in my inbox for a pre-sale because they're coming back with SmackDown in March. Yeah. Like, and and that's, you know, I, I just, like, I have a Ticketmaster, you know, whatever, because that's the email I use for Ticketmaster, and I'm already getting, like, hey, pre-sale codes and all these different things. Whereas, I have no idea when AEW is coming back to Milwaukee. Right. And I might not know until I see it on the bottom of the screen and maybe Excalibur does or doesn't say anything about it. And if he does say something about it, it's going to be at a thousand miles per hour because he's <laughs> trying to promote so many different things. That poor guy, he's got no other choice but to, to talk like an auctioneer at times. So th- that's part of like, but but that all folds into this as well, right? Where you didn't have time to promote it. Like if you promoted this thing for two, three weeks, even if you decide to run it on a collision because you right. want to try to pop a number against college football, maybe you can do a better number than you actually did if that's your goal. But when you, you can't expect, oh man, this is going to be a big hit. This is going to be a big hit when you just mention it on a Wednesday. Like people right. have busy lives. They're not always going to catch everything you do. Right. And also the fact that like, to your point where we talk about sports being sort of the DVR proof thing, pro wrestling's not quite there. There's plenty of people that aren't watching live on a Wednesday night there's someone that could have had dynamite and then not watched it until Saturday and be like, oh, it's Kenny versus MJF. Like, I would have loved to go to that, like in town, but yeah. because they didn't watch dynamite in town, it's like, oh, I didn't realize they were going to do that. Like, you're not doing yourself any favors when you do something like that. No. And yeah, because I mean, in fairness, like I, I DVR a lot of different things yeah, with, with professional wrestling. And it's it's the easiest way to be able to watch on your own time when you can carve out and skip through some things that might be skippable or fast forward through the commercials because there's a lot of pro wrestling. And <laughs> but that's that's where they've struggled is their own self-promotion. Right. And they just have to be better at that. And in fairness, it's worked out for them at times where the, in, in reality, they didn't have a large run up to Wembley. Right. They just kind of decided yeah. to do that and they did. And now they've almost okay, hey, we've established that. So announcing all in 
already last night on Dynamite and giving yourself those eight months now of run-up, like that's only going to be a good thing for you, that you're giving yourself that much time. The difference there, because we talked a lot about the all-in, all-out turnaround, like having two shows within a week span, they've earned the benefit of the doubt with their pay-per-views. We know they're going to be four to five hours of just damn good wrestling. Like from start to finish, they're going to give us the matches. Yes, the storytelling could be better, but we know how good those shows are going to be. Dynamite's collisions, like they're good, but you're not a guarantee every week of this A-plus show. Like Rampage has gotten to the point where you skip it now. And then every once in a while, like this week, where it's like, oh, there's a couple good matches there I want to see. No, no, definitely. (laughs) Rampage was not skippable last Friday. If you did not not watch Rampage last Friday, you missed out. (laughs) Yes. This week, by the way, uh, Vikingo, Penta, oh, yes. and Commander. Also, also not skippable. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can already guarantee you a match that's going to be on my top three next week. <laughs> Commander, Vikingo, and Penta. It's happening. Like it's just going to be there. I, I don't know what you, I don't know what you want me to tell you. So that's the thing. Like because they've earned the benefit of the pay per views, they get away with it sometimes. Like it's not the same thing with the weekly shows. And to waste a world title match, it just feels like such a missed opportunity. And not just wasting a world title match because you have to have those from time to time when you have sure. the inconsistent schedule they have to waste that title match. Right. Like we've gotten MJF versus Ethan Page. Wasn't that like a collision match? Like yeah. they're in Ethan. So it was like, all right, cool. It's a world title match. The chance for Ethan. Like. It's MJF versus Kenny Omega. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's almost a passing of the torch moment within the company. Yeah. Kenny beginning beat by MJF. Like, it's a big seminal moment for the company. And you threw it. You didn't even throw it on your main show. Right. <laughs> you threw it on your B show on Saturday night. Yep. In the fall, during college football, during the World Series. What do we got at number three, Brian? Uh, we talked a little bit about Crown Jewel. There'll be five title matches. There also will be three non-title matches, including John Cena taking on Solo Sokoa. John Cena has not won on a, perfor- a premium live event since April of 2018 in a singles match. He's won on the tag team side. Does Cena have to win on Saturday? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Without a doubt. And I actually have enjoyed the way they've told the story on, on, on Friday nights on SmackDown with Cena of him questioning himself, like him, him understanding, Hey, this is still, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I love this. However, if I can't win, should I be doing this? Right? Like, so I've, I've enjoyed that. And he's done a really good job of tapping into the emotional side of it, Mm -hmm. of getting that crowd response of getting that crowd behind him. What's been fun about this. And it's, Again, he's facing Solo Sokoa, and Solo doesn't cut promos, right? It's just it's John Cena versus the bloodline. But John Cena, you see why WWE wants to call him the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Because the way he's able to go out there and deliver a promo that has the audience and captures them and makes them care about him and his upcoming match, and it, it, he's, he's just flexing those muscles that he's been so good at for damn near 20 years at this point. And I, I have enjoyed... John Cena back in WWE. I know he's gone once the actor's strike comes back. Maybe he pops up for a WrestleMania match and he and he shows up on occasion. But having John Cena back in the WWE on a consistent basis has been a good thing. That being said, in order for him to come back and for some of those wins, like the win that Austin Theory got over Cena should have meant something. Sure, like it should have, right? Yeah. It should have. And now that you think about it, when he's around so inconsistently and then he doesn't win, like he's got to win on occasion to make whoever the next Austin theory is. If he decides to put, if he decides to come back for mania and put somebody over, 
it has more meaning if if John can still establish that he's one of the best performers, best in the ring, and yes, he can still win. And it makes the win then have more meaning for whoever he's trying to pass the torch to. Yeah, I agree, but it's WWE where like they've sort of shown us that wins and losses are just sort of an afterthought. Like they're just part of the story to where the win can mean something for Solo. Solo winning is saying, hey, I beat the greatest of all time. Solo winning continues to elevate him as a star to where maybe one day he's knocking off Roman when Roman is still the champion in 2028. Like it gives you that sort of thing where it's like, all right, an eight year title run. Is that what you just predicted? An eight year uh Roman Reigns run at this point? I don't think it's ever going to end. Like he's just going to go away and still be champion. That's what I expect at this point. But like with solo, like he sort of needs that next step. Like he's been there. He's the enforcer type. But a win like this would mean a lot. Cena losing, it's whatever. Like, he's still going to come out, still going to be the greatest ever. And I think also the thing with Cena is I feel like he wants to go out on his back and do the wrestling thing, but he doesn't know when that last match is going to be because of the strike. He's acknowledged, like, hey, I'm gone when it's time to go make movies, but we still don't know when that's going to be. So every match could possibly be his last match. But he's he's going to come back, even when the actor strike right? ends. Yeah, he'll be back for another match or two. Like, I mean... Hell, Stone Cold came back for another match. <laughs> like he was yeah. the him, Stone Cold and HBK were the two that I've seen that have come closest to when they retired, they damn well meant it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, but otherwise it's professional wrestling, man. Like everybody always comes back for at least one more. But and I think I, there's I something different when you're a movie star on that level. Like we see it with The Rock. Like we haven't seen a Rock match in a very long time because they have another career to protect. Like just going in the ring and say, hey, and go five minutes, and then you tear your pack, and now all of a sudden you can't film a movie. That's an issue. I guarantee Rock has one more match. <laughs> guaranteed. Like yeah. guaranteed. Like if I tried to make a bet in Vegas, they wouldn't take my money because they're not giving away free money. They're not just giving away free money. Right. Especially after the way he came back and the, got the pop that he got in Denver. On SmackDown, right? He's coming back for he's coming back for one more match and one little run. Not not like a big run the way he did with CM Punk and Cena and and that whole thing where he was you know semi around on a semi right. consistent basis in that run up. Um, but he's coming back for it. He's got one more match in him. Uh, I don't. Know. He's got one more. I just feel like they have to protect so much in that. And like with Cena, like he yes, he's just a guy. Like I honestly feel that way. More so with Chris Jericho and AEW right now. Like, he's been losing a lot to where I feel like he has to start winning again to make those wins matter over him. Like, with Cena in the WWE, it's a different world. Like, it's whatever. Just go out there, do your thing. Yeah, I mean, because, yes, he is the greatest of all time. But I, I guess, I mean, I, I understand your point about Solo. And there was a point where I thought Solo could be built yeah. up. But Solo's just become the jobber of right. the bloodline. <laughs> Like, so even if he, like, if he, if he beats Cena, to me, it's going to be like when Fandango beats your guy that you just mentioned, Chris Jericho, like, yeah. cool, doesn't actually do anything. No, that's fair. Cause you're not actually going to do anything with it. I, I just don't see Solo. I mean, I, I hope that Solo eventually can, can branch off whenever this bloodline thing ends. But I think Cena winning now, especially because this isn't it, Right. right? Like he's he's presumably going to be there for Survivor Series. I don't think that the um, I don't think the actor strike is going to be over, and he's going to be back on a movie set three weeks from now. So I, I don't think that this is going to be it for Cena. So I think you can allow him to get this victory to build onto something better, and maybe he's challenging Roman somewhere down the line, and they could just have a fun match because you know Cena's not going to win. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because that's the other thing. Like I honestly would 
enjoy seeing another Cena title run at this point. Like, I don't think it'll work for his schedule, but also WWE doesn't no. need a champion there every week, which they've sort of shown us the last year or so. It'd be nice if we just had two champions that were there all the yeah. time. It's been a long time. But even going back, because Brock was a part-time right. champion, just I, w- I want to see what WWE looks like. I can't remember what it looks like <laughs> with two champions who are there all the time. I agree. I, I just can't remember what it looks like. I'd love to see it. Yeah. But, it, yeah. I just want to see. <laughs> what do we have this weekend news and notes? All right. Fightful reporting that Drew McIntyre is yet to sign a WWE extension. His contract is up after Mania. It'll be the first major deal of the Endeavor era. Becky Lynch and Sheamus also up in 2024. Yeah. So with some of those notes that I've, I've kind of been reading around the contracts, especially with those three that you mentioned, it seems like Endeavor – is just operating differently. Sure. Not that they don't value those people, but it just seems like they're not going to approach them as early as Vince did in the past or, you know, the way the WWE operated in the past. So I still think that all three of those are going to be members of the WWE. Okay. And I know Drew went off and he did his indie thing and and that's how he got back to the WWE. Like, I just have a hard time imagining him leaving. I have a really hard time imagining Becky leaving, especially since Seth is Sure. Well, if you had to pick one that would be an AEW a year from now, which one are you going with? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so I don't think it's Sheamus. Sheamus is the lifer. I agree. Like, Sheamus is WWE lifer. Like, I've got him firmly in WWE. So then it's down to Drew or Becky. (laughs) i think okay i'm gonna say becky but only if um mercedes is also an AEW, where she can kind of pitch and you're starting to see the women get more featured because you're starting to hear more of those complaints from the women's locker room in AEW of how they think they should be featured more often and they're not Uh wrong chris statlander had a comment like that this week um so i will say becky with the caveat of Mercedes goes, hey, we can tear down the house here and they could do some, you know, kind of revitalize and do different things with a, an originals versus, yeah, a, you know, outsiders, rename yeah. the outcasts, whatever you want to do. No, that would be awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. Becky also, by the way, saw the note this week. Uh, next week will be a contestant on Celebrity Jeopardy. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that. I'm going to have to tune in for that. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So I believe next week, I believe I saw, what I think it's like Wednesday or Thursday they air. The 15th, I think. So Wednesday the 15th will be Becky Lynch. Celebrity Jeopardy, do your thing, Bex. I'm rooting for it. <laughs> Elsewhere in news and notes, speaking of women's wrestling, Ronda Rousey with a surprise appearance at Lucha Vavoom in L.A. this past weekend. She's also advertised her wrestling revolver November 16th in L.A., which will also be on Fight Plus if you have that. All the money going to charity. But Ronda Rousey, indie wrestling star. Okay. <laughs> like, good for yeah. her. Like, first, I, I want to say good for her. Like, if if she like loves pro wrestling to the point of you're doing this, like, if you're Ronda Rousey, who presumably has enough money from UFC, WWE, and all the things you've done in the past, but you still have that itch, like, good for yeah. you that you've got the wrestling itch and you're finding ways to you know, go out there and hone your craft. Like I'm that, that makes me excited, but it's also just kind of funny about how the perception of her. And I think she changed. And especially during the Shayna Baszler feud, like it seemed like there was something in her that finally clicked, but the, 
the early part of Rhonda was, you know, making fun of wrestling fans <laughs> and calling wrestling fans nerds. And, and like, it didn't seem like she cared for the business, but now she cares for the business to the point where I don't know what wrestling vaboom <laughs> is. I don't either. If that makes you feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> like if Brian doesn't know, if Brian doesn't know what wrestling vaboom is, does it actually right, exist? <laughs> or is this just like a giant, like Halloween prank that Ronda Rousey was, but if I mean if she's out there hitting the indies, it's only a matter of time before Tony Khan tries to scoop her up, right? I would think so, but she's in for a rude awakening. She thinks WWE fans are dorks. Like showing up in an indie show, like you're in for a surprise yeah. there, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, but again, maybe she's changing her tune. And honestly, she will get more street cred from the dorks like yes. us. If she shows up and continues to do these indies, a hundred percent. A wrestling revolver. You know, Sammy Callahan runs it. I'm familiar with them. A lot of times at WrestleMania weekend, they will do pancakes and pile drivers. So you go to their show and there's free pancakes handed out, which always a hit on a Saturday morning at WrestleMania weekend. And I believe they're also the show that had Jason Siegel in attendance this past weekend where he was in the crowd oh, sure. and he had Penta in his lap who took a super kick from Sammy while he was sitting in Siegel's lap. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere in WWE, Hulu announced today that Love and WWE, Bianca and Montez, a new reality show, will debut on February 2nd on Hulu. About damn time. What took so long? Like, these two are just oozing charisma. Like, we, we finally got smart enough to put these two on a reality show together. Maybe they just had a hard time finding a place to put it. But good on Hulu for picking it up because this is – like, I had very little interest in Miz and Mrs., right. Like I have some interest in this. Like I want to see. I, I I'll probably tune in for a couple of this, the episodes over on Hulu. But both these, they just drip and ooze charisma. I think it's got a chance to be very successful. How is this not a peacock thing though? Like, isn't that great question? The WWE world, and isn't that their streaming service? <laughs> Look, man, I don't know. You sell it. You sell it wherever you can get the most right. money for it. I guess at this point, and. Who knows with Endeavor, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the two of them. I think this is a great opportunity for them to showcase themselves to even more people outside the world of professional wrestling. Check us out on YouTube, by the way. Uh, Angelo Dawkins, the third member of that sort of trio. We caught up with him last week. TV deal, Sean Ross Sapp says, no new deal in place just yet between AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery. The report says Warner Brothers is happy with the relationship. The big thing going on right now, the NBA rights might play into it as Warner Brothers tries to get it and also NBC Universal. Yeah, so which affects both WWE as right. well. Like it's it's all there's there's a lot of details <laughs> in a couple of different reports that I saw around this. The first being that Tony Khan has a certain value he has in mind that what at least is inferred in the reporting is that maybe he's overvaluing sure. it. It doesn't list a number, but it seems like he's valuing it like the AEW library and putting the AEW pay-per-views on a streaming platform like he's valuing he's valuing that at a number higher than Warner Brothers Discovery wants to pay right now. They're obviously still very sure. happy with, you know, the television product and all those things. But, so, um, the NBA rights are, are wildly interesting because uh, obviously TNT yeah. has them, ESPN, ABC, Disney have them. And there's a lot of speculation out there right now about ESPN Disney and if ESPN is going to be sold off, can they afford the NBA rights? So the, the party that would come in and be a part of this would be NBC Universal, where they would put games on USA, obviously have NBC and hopefully be able to get 
round ball <laughs> rock and those rights back from Fox the Bucks Sports. The Bucks currently during college basketball. <laughs> you got to fight with the Bucks about for that one. <laughs> you got to fight with the Bucks about it. Yeah. So you know, hopefully, you know that comes back if indeed NBC Universal ends up making the bid. But if that happens, then maybe they have less money for pro wrestling, <laughs> and then Raw and NXT end up elsewhere. So pro wrestling is just all involved in these other you know rights for other sports because I mean, if TNT retains, well, maybe they don't have as much. They still have some money for AEW. But if they don't, maybe they have more money for AW. Maybe they make a bid at Raw. Who knows what they end up doing? So I think the NBA rights and wherever those end up are going to have a huge factor in where AEW ends up. Not only that, but Raw and NXT. Yeah, it feels like from a from a wrestling standpoint, the only homes we know for like long term future, SmackDown will be on USA. We know that in a couple yep. of years, and the NWA will be on the CW. The rest is sort of up in the air right now. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm not as familiar with TNA's uh, deal with uh, access. So, well, I said knowing where they are, like you have to f- know where access is first. So, that's very, okay. Very great <laughs> yeah. point. Very good point. Great CW point is easier you. to find. ACC football on Saturdays. That's where the CW is. There you go. There and, and live right. golf, <laughs> home of live golf, ACC football, and soon to be the NWA. That's right. Uh, finally, in news and notes, another injury for Brian Danielson: a broken orbital bone from his match with Andrade. Surgery expected to keep him out the rest of 2023. Why does he keep wrestling with injuries? I don't know. So he, so he breaks his forearm, uh-huh. wrestles ten more minutes after breaking his forearm at Forbidden Door, breaks his orbital bone in a match on a Saturday. Right. Decides to wrestle. Now, granted, he didn't wrestle a lot. So, you know, he at least tried to protect himself. But then decided in his pro wrestling brain (laughs) that, hey, if I wrestle this match, we can then get heat on Orange Cassidy and Okada. So when I come back... Like because the, the door apparently is still open. He had surgery. Door still open for him to potentially wrestle, uh, do Wrestle Kingdom, which has been a long yeah. goal of his, and have that rematch with Okada. And oh, he's just—I appreciate you, Brian. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. But you are a pro wrestling sicko, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> like you're wrestling with a broken orbital bone. Like, and that's the sad part. Like the deal with AEW reportedly is up in September, which he says will probably be the end of the the full time thing. But if he's hurt every couple months, like it's hard to get anything going with him right now, and that's disappointing to see. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it. What do you? I mean, <laughs> broken orbital bone. What are you going to do? Yeah, right. And like it was a fluky the, thing again. Like the Okada injury was an yeah. elbow drop lands on his arm. This one, him and Andrade just happened to turn and bump heads and ended up breaking his orbital, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. But yeah, it's it. I would say it's not because. It, and look, like with with the New Japan style sure. wrestling, obviously it's more physical than a WWE style. But but clunking heads <laughs> could happen in any promotion anywhere. Yeah. Like you're you're operating within a close you know close confinement in a wrestling match. Like that could have happened literally anywhere. So it's just the freakiest freakiest of freak. That could happen messing around his children, like wrestling his children at home. Yes, like headbutt them. <laughs> yes, yeah. So y- your heart breaks a little bit for Danielson, but at the same time, like. He's, he's, and this is why I have a hard time believing that he's actually going to be able to step <laughs> right. away because like you're doing things like wrestling 10 more minutes with a broken arm and going, Hey, <laughs> you know, it'd be a good idea. Look, I know I'm going to be out and I need surgery, but what if I postpone the surgery so I could wrestle on Wednesday and then we could continue this story, <laughs> which also I appreciate from a WWE, from a, from a storytelling standpoint, which is one of been one of our critical things of AEW yeah. uh, is the storytelling stuff. So he just continues to add to there, but just, uh, the, just an absolute pro wrestling sicko. <laughs> yep. 
Like maybe more than you. Yeah, I like think so. Possibly more than no, you. Yeah. I think definitely. I don't put my body on the line as much as he does. No, I'm 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 gonna ask Hoodie that, that when he <laughs> when he comes back next week. Who's a more pro wrestling sicko? Brian Danielson or Brian Rowitz? <laughs> What did you have this week for your matches of the week? All right. We, we sort of set the rule last week that MJF and uh, Kenny are on their own stratosphere, and those two did yep, deliver. Yep. Um, my yep. other one. As, as expected. Right. Yes, that's <laughs> – so we move on. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. So mine – I got two from Friday night, one from SmackDown. Dragon Lee versus Cedric Alexander. It felt weird being on SmackDown. Like it felt almost out of place because it was too good of a wrestling match. Like the Milwaukee crowd yeah, seemed right? confused by it. Like. What are these guys doing in there? Like, this is a little too showy. Like, they didn't deserve that match. No, I weren't expecting right. it, for sure. I Like, again, I wish I could have been there to try to convince. By the way, since you brought up uh-huh. Milwaukee, I do not know. I texted yeah. you guys this. So, I, I on Friday nights, I have high school football stuff. So, I can't. I could not attend the show live. Very disappointed I couldn't attend it live. But when I finally got uh, on the weekend, I went. Back, I got around to watching it. I could not tell you like the last time they had to open up the upper deck for a WWE show. It's been a while at Pfizer Forum. So usually it's just the lower bowl. And no, man, that thing was packed. It was a, it was an actual sellout at Pfizer Forum, which was incredible. So proud of my city <laughs> for showing up for SmackDown and a wrestling show. Um, yes, that was, yes, that was a very good one. That was not a WWE style. match. <laughs> my other one also right from Rampage, Kyle Fletcher versus Takesha. I hate what they're doing with Fletcher. I feel like he's going to end up getting lost with Don Callis and is just sort of, you know, going down the line. But the matches he's been having as a single star, if I'm Mark Davis, the other half of Aussie Open, I'm worried right now. Because if you're Kyle Fletcher, I don't know if you need Aussie Open in your life anymore. He's showing he can be a legit single star. Yeah. Yeah. And which is good for him. What did you have? Uh, From last night, Orange Cassidy versus Claudio. Like, as expected, those guys go out there, do their thing. That was a fun match. Orange is champion. We're going to continue to get those matches. And the other one, not a match, but just a spot. The Creed brothers were impressive Monday. That stand-up yeah. vertical suplex thing, that was cool. Yes. And very strong. Well, again, so I, I, had, Alpha, I had Alpha Academy versus Creed brothers in there just because the, the Creed brothers were impressive. And even like – and I, I understand Otis is a – comedic gimmick right like he's he's a comedy wrestler at this point but even some of like the 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 sequences that he does versus the double team you know where he just kind of runs through and then he rolls through and then he gets up in the double clothesline he's just he he showcases so much and i I think we're all fans of chad gable at this point so that was a great showcase for the creed brothers in their first you know match on the main roster and definitely one of the best tag team matches i think of the week Uh, so i want a different match on friday night i really enjoyed mike santana versus ortiz and that opened that open rampage which i thought it was you know They've they've they quietly because it was only it's been kind of just shuttered to yes. rampage. They actually did a good job of telling the story, and it wasn't featured really anywhere else on Dynamite, on Collision, anything like that. But th- they did a good job building up taking something that I, I think has been a real life yeah. thing, unless they just worked us all on their social media stuff, um, and then had a street fight and just had a good old-fashioned street fight, which was f- fantastic. It was a great way to open Rampage. Yeah, but it's sort of disappointing and then I also, that, like you said, it's sort of been relegated to Rampage because, yes, there seems to be real-life stuff there, and those guys are showing, like, yeah, there's real-life stuff, but we can still turn it into money. But if you're not watching Fridays, you're not seeing a lot of that. Like, I've seen clips here and there on social, 
but a lot of times I'm skipping mm-hmm. Rampage. And like that one, yes, it was a good match. Like we said earlier, it was a show that you want to watch in terms of Rampage. I don't get why that wasn't featured more between those guys. Yeah, it should have been featured more. Doesn't take away from the effort right. and the match they ended up putting on to open. Typically, if you're not watching Rampage, like the opening match and closing match are usually pretty good. Everything else in between is usually just going to be filler or squash, or they're trying to advance some other storyline. Um, so I, I thought that was really good. And then Orange versus Claudio. Some of the transitions that they had in that match, like what the transition that they did to get to the swing for Claudio yesterday was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so good. Like it's just Orange. Orange is willing to be the ragdoll for Claudio at times, and it, it, they just the the ending unfortunately was a little clunky, yeah. but. The, the other the other 20 there was at one point where i went i was trying to remember in my brain like wait does this have a 20 minute time limit because if it does i think we're over our 20 minute time limit yeah but it was spectacular um which that's my one criticism of mjf versus kenny we can talk about that for a second um because clearly yeah. it would have been number one on everybody's list with AEW in these championship matches i'm just trying to figure out how i want to say this why, with some of these championship matches, do they just use weapons? Right. Like, they went through a table. Yes, they did. <laughs> like, this like this was not a no-DQ match, and Kenny powerbombed MJF through a table. Isn't that supposed to be a disqualification? Yeah, you would think so. But that's the thing. Like, AEW's done that, where it's like just sort of like the loose following of the rules and, like, the time limits even. Like, we've seen time limit draws for the world title. And I thought maybe yeah. we would have seen one on Saturday to where, like, hey, MJF survives but doesn't beat Kenny clean. But they just sort of make stuff up as they go right now. Yeah, and again, I, maybe I'm the only nerd who cares about that. But it's just it, – it, if you have these rules and you're going to use them at times to do your time limit draws, right? right? Because WWE doesn't no. do that. They don't do the – with a 20-minute time limit. You know, they don't have any of their announcers do that. They just – it's always open-ended. So – if you're going to have those time limits, you're going to announce them and you're going to use them as, as, um, you know, tools to, to advance storylines right. when you're doing time limit draws, the way you've done with Brian Danielson and different things like that, then you've got to use your time limits and actually have, you know, draws and you got to stick to those. You, you just, it's part of how the whole thing operates. To circle back to orange. Does he beat Mox in a couple of weeks? No. No? Okay. I think, and AEW has shown this, so Mox lost unexpectedly because he got hurt. And he made the audible where Ray got it, and then they took it off of Ray with Orange. I think they're going to put it back on Mox and try to continue with whatever story they were telling with Mox as the international champion, unless they feel like Orange Cassidy winning helps push that rivalry with Chaos, is that the name that he's the group that he's loosely affiliated yeah, with with New Japan? Very loose, yeah. But if if that helps a partner in New Japan Pro Wrestling tell a longer term story with Brian Danielson and rest in Wrestle Kingdom, maybe. But I think I think they go back to Mox. Yeah, I'm him. torn right now. I mean, I thought Orange should have won last time. Like it was a hell of a performance and really made him into even more of a star having that main event spot that I thought he should have won. But I can go either way with that one right now. We're still a couple weeks out. Yeah, but it, it's going to be a hell of a match. Yeah. I know that. It's one of the ones I'm looking forward to at full gear for sure. Yep. 
That will do it this week for us here on GKW. Plenty of things to react to next week, of course, with Crown Jewel being the big one. How many championships are going to change hands as we continue that march towards full gear as well in AEW. The one thing I know for sure is we're going to break it down right here next week on GKW.